our mission is to keep the tradition alive. It's up to us. It's our responsibility. Who else is going to do it? And welcome to episode 225 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we talk about all the latest movies uh, that were released on Redbox. I meant to say Blu-rays and DVDs, but let's roll with it. I'm your host, <laughs> Bob Fallon. And I'm your co-host, Brooks Fallon. And on this episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm so excited to finally get to talk about this movie in a full review and our top five will be superhero movie villains. What's going on, man? Not much, man. How much? Just same way I'm excited to talk about this movie, too. I didn't have super high expectations for it, not because I shouldn't have. I just didn't seem too much about it. I saw the trailer maybe once and then never thought about it again. But I... <laughs> Yeah, I had some skepticism as well, even though as big a Spider-Man fan as I am, and we'll get into it. But I wanted to say first, this is a milestone episode here. This is the 250th episode podcast that was uh, released through the Redbox Report feed, if you count. Wow. 25 Red Belts, Red Belt Reports, 225 Redbox reports. That's two hundred fifty. Video games on there too. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's something. I guess. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And um, I wanted to take this time to announce that we're going to be making some changes to the podcast in the in the coming months. Most likely, going to wait till the new year for these changes to fully take effect. But um, Q one two thousand eighteen. <laughs> yes, uh, January 2018 is the tentative schedule for this. Um, it's nothing that radical. Well, it, I don't know. It depends on your perspective. But yeah. you know we have the Red Box Report, obviously, 225 episodes. We do the Red Belt Report. Basically, I'm getting a little tired of segregation. We need... Yeah. This world has enough problems, you know. We need to bring these, bring everything together. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so basically, gonna essentially merge the Red Box Report and the Red Belt Report into one, combine them. Gonna definitely cheat and combine those episode numbers as well, and continue. <laughs> I mean, it's messed up. But I don't, I don't want to lose the numbers. It's stupid no, reason, I mean, but I don't think it's really even that messed up. It's just. <laughs> It's an alteration to the programming. Yeah. So, undecided if we're keeping the Redbox Report name or if we're going to reboot with the brand new name, which I don't want to give away yet because I love it. Yeah. But even if we don't officially change the name of the podcast, we'll unofficially have a new name or at least tagline. So, I'm excited yes, about that. And I know we don't have a lot of listeners. The ones we do, we do appreciate. Absolutely. Um, so I don't. I definitely am willing to hear feedback on this from uh, any listeners if they're willing to give it. Um, I wouldn't. For sure, be... if you liked what you had before and you're not liking something when we 
boot this up, uh, definitely speak your mind about it. Yeah, well, we'll definitely be willing to make adjustments. And and I know, like, say, some people only listen to the Red Belt for the MMA stuff, and some people only listen to the movies for the movie stuff. What I'm trying to do, what I'm going to try to do to uh, make this a little uh, easier, so I don't, I don't want to lose any listeners, you know, we don't have many yeah. of them, but... I want to try to do timestamps for for everything, or at least close enough to where, you know, you'll be able to look on the episode. Table of contents. Yeah, you'll be able to see, like, okay, so they're going to be talking about uh, MMA for half an hour here. I'll just skip that, and then you should have at least a close enough number to skip ahead to the material that you will like. But basically, each week, we're just going to be one podcast. It comes out every week. Um, hopefully, a standard bearer host will be a baseline. Me, Brooks, Joel, who you yeah. know, and Dave, who's guested on the video game episodes. Hopefully, we can get him involved as well. We're all Phalans. We're all yeah. related. So, um, you know, and then that way, there's not a lot of pressure where, you know, if someone can't do it one week, we can still forge ahead with another one or two of the hosts. And hopefully that way we can have some consistency and come out every single week. But each week we're going to have a different main event. So on the weeks where it's following a UFC pay-per-view, most likely that's going to be our lead-off story, our quote-unquote main event. And then we'll go down the line. uh, Anything we want to talk about in any field whatsoever each week. You know, maybe we'll try to have... Something TV or movie related that we can talk about each week to continue that. But some weeks it might just be a, a secondary thing. And probably going to drop top fives unless we feel like there's a top five that deserves being uh, counted down. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, uh, and we'll follow big releases in movies just like we will video games. Yeah. Like we will follow the big uh, pay-per-views for MMA. But it's almost, it's more of a variety show aspect to it. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, there'll definitely be times when a movie is the main event or a TV show. And, and this gives us freedom all, as well where I don't feel like I have to follow the Redbox release schedule. And if there's a big movie in theaters, say Star Wars comes out or you know a Marvel movie, whatever. A big movie comes out in theaters, we can go see it in theaters, talk about Don't have to wait for it to come out on DVD. You know, yeah. it can be more... I basically want... Like what just happened to me, we were recorded a video game podcast, which is coming out in a few days, or it's the next episode that's going to come out. And I was so excited to talk about all these games I was playing a month and a half ago when I was playing them. But because of the schedule, we had big releases coming out, Wonder Woman, Spider-Man, like stuff coming out that I wanted to talk about. And then there was an opening in the schedule where uh, for the next episode where it was nothing big coming out. So I said, okay, that's when it's got to be. Well... In the new new format, yeah, you lose the heat, you lose the desire, yeah. like the excitement. I want to have the excitement each week to talk to you and, and to the audience about the things that I'm excited to talk about. So I just feel like it'll be more, we'll still have what else we watched, what else we played, but we'll just be able to talk about whatever we want to talk about in the moment. And uh, yeah, hopefully sure. it works out. I mean, we're going we're gonna to do it and uh, willing to make, well, we'll constantly be adjusting and and trying to improve it, and uh, basically, I just want it to be a little less, a little less uh, structured. I mean, it's still going to have structure, but I kind of structure, but yeah, free flowing, natural, just yeah, turn a 
up-to-date current event-ish. Yeah, and I just want it to feel more like a conversation between me and yeah. my cousins. Or, you know, just yeah. laid back, but still, you know, a show and still still have uh, segments and structures. But just a little more laid back, a little more conversational. Uh, For sure. Yeah. So there's that. Love to hear anyone's feedback, if they have any. If yeah, not, if it's if cool. Yeah, if you think of something or have idea yourself let us hear it if you hate the idea and want to stop like uh for anyone who objects to the marriage of the red belt report and the red box report <laughs> speak, speak now <laughs> forever hold your peace yeah there's no annulments in podcasting um yeah so yeah let's get into spider-man homecoming like i said yeah. super excited to talk about it uh saw it in theaters when it came out uh yeah i had my skepticism going in be- just because the vulture the the villain the vulture played by michael keaton in the trailers yeah. which i thought looked great i don't know i just something about the way they presented the vulture like the the suit design i had a bad feeling like it was going to be kind of like iron man Sorry. iron man was a great movie yeah. terrible villain though all it basically was was a a bigger version of iron man with a different color like I don't know. I just felt like they were going to swing and miss on the Vulture. That's what I was scared about going into it. But the movie had 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. I uh, was getting fantastic reviews. So I decided I'm just going to go in open-minded and see what happens. And uh, I loved it. I loved the movie. Uh, I loved Michael Keaton as the Vulture, which was a big surprise for me. But uh, what did you think? I loved it, too. I mean... Like I said, I said before, I didn't think too much after I'd seen, don't get me wrong, the trailers for it looked good, and uh, I didn't know who Tom Holland was at the time. Um, so I didn't, I, I knew this movie was coming out, didn't realize it had came out, and then I saw it on my feed, and uh, I watched it, and I, I loved it. I thought that... Uh, I kind of had the same thought process of you where I didn't know how Michael Keaton would be as the villain, but I was worried about it being corny. I don't think it really was. It was uh, I thought it was really good on the standard of uh, superhero villains. Yeah, right, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he actually had motivation, believable motivation. Like, you could actually even side with him in a way. Like, yeah. what he's saying makes sense, and it's just like taking it to the nth degree – as far as making it like uh, evil, as opposed to like uh, you know, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, real quick, I forgot to mention John Watts was a director of the movie. He directed Cop Car, which we reviewed on the show a year or two ago, and we enjoyed. Uh, starring Tom Holland as Spider-Man, Michael Keaton as the Vulture, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, Zendaya as. Michelle, Donald Glover as the Prowler, and Marissa Tomei as Aunt May. John Favreau. John Favreau as whatever his name is in uh, Happy. Happy. Yeah. yeah. I rewatched the movie uh, last night actually to try to get a refresher, and it holds up. It's still really good. Yeah, yeah, because I watched like seventy-five uh, percent of it and fell asleep, and <laughs> I went to get a rewatch. I just watched the whole thing again. Nice. Yeah. I love the way it opens up uh, with, it's like a home movie. Or no, first, before that, it's uh, Michael Keaton. Basically, he's working on the job site. Uh, uh, 
collecting uh, weaponry from the Chitari based off the Avengers movie, the the destruction, the aftermath of that battle in New York, right? And uh, yeah. he's working for Stark Industries, like collecting this stuff for the Avengers or whatever. And he gets fired. He gets laid off. So he he starts like he grabs his closest people and they kind of start an offshoot illegal operation of it. Yeah, it's like black market. Yeah, which I thought was really cool because I mean, a guy's got a family, he's got to support. Like, what's he supposed to do now? He's he's got this great job and all of a sudden he's got nothing. Like, it, it's at least it uh, it's believable how the, this would happen. Yeah, but I mean, it definitely has the tones of the. Uh... I don't know, bitter resentment of a superior movie at the same time. Yeah, for sure. But then we get our first look at Spider-Man, and as I was saying before, it's uh, like a home movie uh, shot by Peter Parker, and it's basically just catching up on what happened in Civil War, but in a fun, creative way, giving different angles and perspectives on the battle uh, on the aircraft carrier airport, and... uh, they, yeah, I'm an idiot. Um, they, uh, they must have shot this all at the same time, like preparing for Spider-Man during filming for Civil War because of the angles that weren't in Captain America Civil War. And I, th- I thought it was really, uh, really awesome way to kind of catch you up on where he's at and like time frame wise. Yeah, yeah. Right? Do you agree? Universe. Yeah, definitely. I'm, uh, I'm like looking. I can't wait to see more of him with the Avengers. Yes, I know. It's going to be awesome. Uh, And it's not far away. It's uh, in May. It's Infinity War. So, yeah, but then basically from that point on, it's uh, it's a coming-of-age movie. It's almost like a John Hughes or, uh, you know, one of these classic 80s-style coming-of-age movies about a high school kid, you know, getting picked on and... You know, trying to get the girl with yeah. just uh, a superhero element thrown in. And I, I like that a lot. I actually think, as well as it works, as when he is Spider-Man, which is my favorite stuff, it's really good when it's just him as Peter Parker dealing with normal everyday stuff, which was what made... Yeah, just being a high school kid and yeah. balancing it all. That's what made the Spider-Man comics so good, was just balancing the superhero life and the everyday struggles yeah, of a normal Peter person. Peter Parker is like a nerdy awkward kid yeah but i i also like the twist in this one where he's at like a legitimate like uh nerdy school right everyone's a nerd there but he's like there's like the alpha nerd who's flash Thompson yeah. in this and he, he's peter parker he's yeah he's a nerd but he's not like stereotypical you know glasses and all that like i i like the way they modernized it yeah for sure you know what did you think of uh, of the schoolmates, the teachers? Like, I liked that the teachers were people I recognized, and I, I felt like they had small roles, but they did a good job of uh, of selling it. Like the guy yeah. from uh, Knocked Up, right? He's uh, he's like the mathlete coach. Yeah, who? What the hell's his name? Uh, he's from fucking uh, oh Jesus, uh, the HBO <laughs> show. Right? Uh, uh, dang it. Oh, well. <laughs> he's, the, he's with, like, one of the Seth Rogen. Yeah. He was from Freaks and Geeks. 
Uh, I, I really liked uh, his best friend in the movie, the Asian kid. Yeah, uh, I want to keep saying Genki because that's definitely who it's based off of from the comic books. But uh, it's Ned. Ned, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. he was great. He was hilarious. Uh, the guy in the chair. Um, I love the scene where he finds out that Peter... And it's early on, so it's not really Obviously, a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, he... Uh, I mean, that was in the trailer. Yeah, true, true. But he, he finds out early on that Peter Parker's Spider-Man. And I like that, you know, they didn't play that out the whole way. Like, it's believable that his best friend would find out. Yeah. You know. Just and, off of some chance put the deduction, really. Yeah. Kind of. He just shows up in his room with the Millennium Falcon or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, as far as the high school drama, what do you think as far as him with Liz trying to get Liz, the girl, and then there's Michelle who seems like she has a crush on Peter but doesn't want to yeah. admit it? Like, what do you yeah. think of all all that? Like, they even had Betty, was... Betty Brandt as the... Uh, like, uh, home, what is it, the announcements, the team, like the news team? Yeah, the, uh, the bait team or something. Yeah. Like the morning announcements and saying what, how the team, sports teams did and all that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I thought it was good. I thought it was pretty traditionalist love story for a coming of age. Yeah. With its own little flavor to it, I guess you could say, but... I mean, I liked, I guess, like the, like I said, the whole debate team thing when he quits, then he gets back on to go to D.C. to uh, to be there and um, trying to knock you up any spoilers here. Eh, I mean, it was a big movie. It's been out a while. Uh, let's just say, yeah. you know we, like, we love the movie, so spoilers from here on out. Yeah. I thought that... Staten Island Ferry scene was awesome. Yeah. I loved all the set pieces. Yeah, yeah, me too. But yeah, the Staten Island Ferry uh, was great. Even though, like, I was worried about that from the trailers too because it reminded me so much of Spider-Man 2 and the train with yeah. uh, shooting all the webs and trying to hold it together. But I think it, uh, in in uh, practice, in the full movie, it worked out really well. I thought yeah, it was I awesome. Did. I thought it was shot incredibly. I mean, I've been on the Staten have you been on the Staten Island Ferry? No. Well, I, I, I took it this last November, actually. And, I mean, it's just like that is the actual Staten Island Ferry boat, and it looks just looks so cool. I mean, it fucking thing splits in half. And yeah. It's wild. And I like that he fails, and Iron Man has yeah. to bail him out. Like, that's the cool thing, too. Like, yeah, yeah. it's not – I mean, it's predictable in that, yeah, they're going to get it saved. But the way it happens uh, – he has to learn from his mistakes and from his failures. I think it's a good, uh, good motif. Yeah, nice little twist there. And I love the set uh, piece of the Washington Monument as well. Yeah, that is I good. I thought that was awesome. But really, my favorite part of this entire movie, just... All right, well, actually, I have one other incredibly favorite part. But just my favorite aspect of this movie is how much time he's in the suit. He's just being Spider-Man, but not in action like he's yeah he's just being spider-man like a kid would be spider-man he, he's in a suit he's looking for something to do like i just love the the mannerisms the body language like he, he just freaking nailed it you know he nailed yeah. spider-man like that's what i love it's just the suit looks amazing and you get so many different variations of it and 
situations. Like when he locks himself inside the warehouse, he's just like shoot a web hammock and he's just laying there talking to the yeah. kids. Like, God, it's just, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> That's it like the like, geeky it thing. It reminds me of me playing those, uh, like the open world Spider-Man games where you just are open in New York. It's like prowling around. Yeah. Prime. Just enjoying being Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I do like the, the smart suit where it's like, uh, he figures out that there's all these abilities. There's like the yeah, training like wheels protocol. Yeah, training wheels protocol, and uh, yeah, right. he's got like his own lady with all this stuff. I thought that was funny, and uh, but no, my actual favorite part of the movie, which even on rewatch was like super intense, is when the twist when he goes to pick up Liz for homecoming or whatever. Yeah, and Michael Keaton. Adrian Toomes is her dad. Like, you can just feel the dread when he opens the door and he's like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> and he has to sit there through in the house getting ready. And then he's he drives them. That car ride is like one he of the most. He's Spider Man. Yeah, eventually he figures it out. He doesn't know at this point? I thought he did. No, he figures it out when uh, he's like slowly like, I recognize your voice. And then, um, oh, yeah. And then he's like, crazy how like oh she says he's friends he he knows who spider-man is because he had an internship with uh tony stark and he's like really yeah. and then he says shame about that washington monument incident and peter's like uh yeah i uh, actually wasn't there i had to watch it from the from the ground and then he's that's when he figured it out but that car ride is just so tense as he slowly figures yeah. it out and i love the the filmmaking with um because he's at a red light and uh, the red light is, like, uh, reflecting off of his face. You can see the red light on his face, right? And it's right as he figures it out, and he says some smart-ass comment. It turns green, and, like, his his face is green like the vulture. Yeah. It's, it's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this movie as a whole was incredible, I thought. I thought he did an amazing job as Spider-Man, like you said. Uh, like it. Easy going, carefree teen who just becomes Spider Man, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I absolutely. Definitely was not disappointed in Michael Keaton's character as the Vulture either. That, there's a I reason said, we're doing uh, top five best superhero movie villains. <laughs> because yeah. I thought he was awesome. He's not going to make my list, I'll say that. But, Me neither. But he is an awesome villain. I even, like, what I was worried about with the trailers, with the, like, uh, costume design, I, I love the. Uh, the glider that he has, I love yeah. his wings, whatever. Um, I love his suit. It's practical. It actually, uh, it's feasible. You know, it's not, doesn't look like the comic book. I mean, for as far as what it is, like, I, I love how they, they throw odes to the comic book character with his jacket, with the ruffly neck. And, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I'm not, I was never being a comic book person. So it's not, this isn't like filled with nostalgia. Yeah, like, for me. But all in all, it's definitely an incredible movie. On a scale, I'm going to give it uh, eight and a half, heavy eight and a half. Oh, I'm not done talking about it, son of a bitch. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of nostalgia, there's actually a scene. Uh, the scene when the building he gets the building to collapse on him, and he like has to struggle, and he finally lifts it off of him. Like that's directly yeah. ripped from iconic uh, comic book panel. Yeah. yeah. So expertly done. And um, 
I also loved just how many villains there are. Like, you have the Vulture, of course, and you have his henchman, the Shocker, and I love when he kills him. It's almost by accident, but he just rolls with it, and then he just throws the Shocker gloves to the next guy and says, okay, now you're the Shocker. Which (laughs) is so comic book, because there's all these characters that have, like, different versions of him, like, different people as these characters, so that was a nice nod. And then you had the Tinkerer, was the guy who was, like, you know, messing with the with the technology to create new weapons yeah. and stuff. And even uh, Donald Glover's character was um, the Prowler. They, he's not the Prowler yet in in this universe, but that is his name, is the character that will eventually be the Prowler. Hobby Brown or the other version. I thought his scene was pretty hilarious. And um, what else? Oh, yeah, the guy that was on the... <clears throat> on the Staten Island Ferry with he was doing some kind of dealings with them. The guy from uh, Better Call Saul. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Latino yeah. guy. And he he was also yeah. in the in the prison at the end, the after credits. Yeah. He is Mac Gorgon who eventually becomes the Scorpion. So yeah. I don't know if they're setting that up for a future movie or just an Easter egg, but yeah, so I just loved all that. Very comic booky, but Hello? yeah. You there? Hello. 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 I don't know what happened. I couldn't hear you. Oh, you back? I'm back. All right. Uh, let's see. Do I have anything else? Uh, not really. So, uh, where where would you rank it in amongst your Spider-Man of the Spider-Man films? Um, see, I don't know. I, I like I even like Spider Man three. I didn't think it was as atrocious as Have you rewatched it recently? Have I? Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't ruin your memories. It's not good. I rewatch I liked it originally at first. I rewatched it earlier this year and yeah. Um it has its moments, but eesh, wow. Yeah. Doesn't hold up. <laughs> if it ever I, I thought the first two in that uh series I suppose were pretty good. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I would say it's top three, probably second. All right. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's right up there with the original two. Like I said, I rewatched all the Spider-Man films earlier this year. And um, I thought the original Spider-Man was better than I expected or remembered it to be. And Spider-Man 2 was still amazing, but not quite as exceptional as maybe I thought. So I'd say it's right in that area. Maybe I'll go... It's so hard. There, I give this one a 9 out of 10. All three of them are probably like around 9 out of 10. So maybe I'll go Spider-Man 2, then Homecoming, then the original. Yeah, sounds, that sounds the same as I would guess. Cool. All right, so yeah, speaking of villains, which we did a little while ago, uh, let's get to <laughs> our top five movie superhero movie villains. Uh, I actually right. found like... Uh, this was not as easy as I expected it. There haven't been that many amazing uh, superhero movie villains, in my opinion. It's been a lot uh, of good yeah, ones, I a agree. lot of good I was, ones, but not I was able to a decent list, but I was thinking it was a little thin of a field myself. Yeah, at least with the the Marvel cinematic movies, like the ones actually made by Marvel, which are yeah. the best mo- comic book movies you can find, in my opinion, but. 
the villains have never been their strongest suit. Yeah. So um, I guess I'll kick it off here. If you insist. I'm, I insist. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, a relatively new movie, Logan. The uh, villain in there, Boyd Hood, uh, played by Boyd Holbrook. From Narcos. Donald Pierce. All right. Is that the guy's name? I don't know. I, can't I don't remember know. The villain. I'm not sure. But uh, I thought he did a great job. Maybe. You've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah, we reviewed it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Um, I think me and Casey reviewed it, if I'm not mistaken. Or was it me and I, I've had so many co-hosts this year, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I liked it a lot. But you know what's amazing? Sorry for the sidetrack here. Logan is a very good movie, right? Yeah. This movie, this year is so strong with superhero movies. It's my least favorite of, of the superhero movies this year. It's crazy. I liked Wonder Woman, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and Spider-Man Homecoming better than it. And I have a feeling I'm going to like Thor Ragnarok better than it because the reviews are so amazing for that. But I still like Logan quite a bit. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I, was gonna say, I really liked it. I've never seen one of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, but that's a upside point. <laughs> you got to rectify that. They are, they're a ton of fun. They're great. I've just never taken the time to watch it. I don't know why. Fucking do it. <laughs> I actually uh, went and saw the second one with uh, my dad on Father's Day. Really? Yeah. And uh, it's kind of got a fathery, like father-son type uh, hook in the movie, so pretty cool. Sweet. Yeah, it was right on line. <laughs> Are you done with your number five? Oh, good. You've been done. My number five is from the original Guardians of the Galaxy. I know this guy gets some hate from a lot of people, but I thought he was definitely one of the best um, MCU villains. It's Ronan the Accuser. Um, he's not like a guy I knew from the comic books very much. I never got into like the intergalactic comics, but this guy, to me, was a badass, like just all-powerful villain. I felt like he could fit in with like a... Star Wars Sith Lord, like he was that cool. But, uh, really? yeah, I thought the character design was great. I thought the performance was good. I thought he actually was intimidating. And Star Wars considered a superhero? No, 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 no. Just a comparison. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy to me yeah. feels Star Wars esque. And, uh, yeah. it's up to that quality, in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, this guy, I just feel like he gives off an imposing vibe. Like, there actually is. Like you, to me, he's so powerful, and it comes across that way that they're really going to need to work together to be able to, to defeat him. So, I thought he was great. Nice, nice. Uh, my number four is going to be uh, William Defoe as the uh, Green Lantern. Right? Yeah, uh, not Green Lantern. Uh, uh, Green, Green Goblin. Green Goblin. Yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. Like I said, that's uh, one of the Better Spider-Man's. Was it James Franco that played his son? Yep. Yeah. I thought that movie was incredible. It is. And, uh, yeah, his performance is amazing. If Death Note was considered a superhero movie, I was going to put William Dafoe in Death <laughs> I would not. But <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, our differences are known on that. Yeah, but uh, the only bad thing about the Green Goblin, and it's actually not as bad as I remember it from back in the day, but the costume design, like... I wish 
the face mask or the head was a little more like it's so Power Rangers esque, where it's just this thing yeah. that there's no like articulation with the eyes, which freaking that is what was amazing about the Spider Man suit in this movie, right? Is that the eyes were so expressive how they changed yeah. to fit, like that was genius. And uh, they needed something like that with the Green Goblin suit, maybe to have the eyes that could like. Uh, I don't know, have eyelids or something, but other than that, yeah, amazing. Sure. All right, my number four is a bit of a cheat. It's not based off a movie. It's based off the Marvel Netflix show Daredevil. It's uh, the Kingpin, played by uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Have you seen Daredevil? No. Oh, my God. Uh, ben Affleck, Daredevil? No, no, no. The Netflix series. No, I've it's, never seen either, actually. It's so, so good, especially Kingpin, man. Vincent D'Onofrio knocks the role out of the park. He, if it wasn't cheating, he might be closer to number one on this list, but I, I wanted to keep him kind of low because it wasn't technically a movie. But my God, is he menacing as the mob boss, the Kingpin. He, <laughs> he, uh, he really, he starts off like, I don't think he's in the first episode or maybe even the first two. But then the first time you see him, it's like, oh, he's not so bad. Like, he's kind of quiet in his first appearance. And then he really makes his presence known. And someone pisses him off when they're in a car or something. And he takes the guy. He puts his head by the entrance of the door. And he slams the door over and over and over until his head comes off. And it's brutal and vicious and out of nowhere. Like, oh, it's it's so good. And he's he's amazing in every way. Like, he's just what a performance. Yeah. Yeah. I rave reviews for me. It's awesome. Yeah. My number three is going to be Ed, uh, Ed Hardy. <laughs> Tom Hardy as <laughs> Bane. He's got <laughs> great shirts. Uh, really popular. Oh, really popular shirts in the 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> He played Bane. Uh, Tom Hardy is Bane in uh, Dark Knight Rises. Uh, that opening scene is one of my favorite scenes in any superhero movie. Oh, yeah. That is for sure one of the best opening scenes in movies, period. Yeah. The whole airplane. Yeah, I love it. Heist. But uh, he's Which, just yeah. talking about menacing, and he has moments of overpowering Batman. And, and that happens occasionally, but you really believe that he was stronger and had uh, Batman by the balls, so to say. Yeah, another amazing scene from that movie is their fist fight. Yeah. And uh, he just beats the shit out of Batman. Right. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, he's, I thought uh, Tom Hardy was incredible in that role. It was one of the scarier villain, uh, villains, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. He was awesome. Uh, Tom Hardy's always great in anything. Yes. Yeah. But a much improved version of Bane from the Batman and Robin movie uh, from the 90s. Yeah. Which was a brief cameo, super cartoony. Uh, all right, my number three is from a Spider-Man movie. It's Dr. Octopus from the second one. I just thought the character... Uh, Alfred Molina is amazing in the role. He, he really knocks it out of the park, nails it from the comic books. And I just thought that the, the character design is brilliant i feel like the arms they really made those arms come to life it looks great yeah. it holds up like it's the scene on the building that's yeah incredible. when he's climbing up and fighting spider-man yeah. it's awesome with like the bank robbery and they 
come up with all kinds of creative uses, like even like some old school B B uh, B grade horror movie stuff when the he first comes back from being knocked out and the arms have a life of their own and they're killing the doctors and nurses. Like it's yeah. uh it's awesome. Yeah, he and he's great. He's definitely one of the best villains of all time. Yeah, definitely. Um all right, my number two is going to be a little bit of a throwback nostalgia for me because this guy scared the shit out of me. Uh, I believe it was the Violator Spawn. <laughs> okay, yeah. The clown you, you guy? About? Yeah, the clown guy in that movie. <laughs> Don't rewatch that either. That doesn't hold up. <laughs> that was like, uh, like, came out when I was super young and probably just watched it. I watched it. it terrified. That guy scared the shit out of me. Spawn didn't really bother me too much. The little freaky clown guy with the blue face. Uh, it's just absolutely menacing in my brain. Yeah, I can see it. I mean, I watched it as, as a younger lad too. and uh, I liked it back then, and he was kind of freaky. Yeah. But uh, gosh, that is a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't watch it these days. but Same it's, with, it's, uh, it's nostalgic for me. Don't watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation either. Oh, either of them. <laughs> well, the first one's okay. <laughs> yeah, right. That scorpion scene's like my favorite scene of all time. I rewatched it. I was like, holy shit, it's terrible. <laughs> There's a $500 glasses, you asshole. <laughs> yeah. That's the second one, isn't it? No, that's the first one. No, that's the first one. Yeah, it's Goro. Yeah. My number two superhero movie villain is Magneto from the X-Men movies. Uh, both of them, both versions, uh, Ian McKellen as the older guy and Michael Fassbender, especially as the younger guy, amazing stuff, powerful, uh, storytelling, talk about like having a legitimate motivation of villainy. This guy was a freaking Holocaust survivor. He's also being persecuted, not just for being Jewish, but for being a mutant. You know, there's the whole, you know, uh, parallel between mutants and, and gay people, like, they're ostracized because they're different, uh, powerful stuff. And, yeah, you can either take the mindset of Professor Xavier where he's like, I want to teach, uh, show regular humans that uh, that we have value. And he wants to take, like, the peaceful att- approach. And Magneto's like, screw these people. Look what they've done to us. I want to take them out. We are the, you know. <laughs> Which yeah, is kind of Ian big. McKellen was terrifying as him. I mean, yeah, I mean, anything that... metal he could, uh, you know, uh, manipulate. So it's like the end of one of the X Men movies where they're locking him in that like truck that's all glass. Yeah, he finds like one thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like terrifying. And I really think Fassbender even takes it up another notch as the young version, like in First Class. I mean, he's the best version of any of the movies he's in in my opinion. Like, in first class, I felt like he was the main character that I was following. He was the hero. This was before he went, like, completely bad. Yeah. And he's, like, just effing people up. Yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. My number one, I feel like it's a given. Uh, It's probably Heath Ledger as a Joker. Yep, 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 yep. I mean, how can he not be the number one? It's one of the best movie roles of all time. No question about it. Yes. Um, yeah, the Joker from The Dark Knight. The pencil trick. The... Oh God, everything. The He's 
that's a, an amazing movie on its own. But yeah. the main reason I mean, it's amazing that, is because of him. I mean, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a, it's a good movie, but his performance took it up to insane levels. Yeah, I mean, I almost feel like he might be getting overrated at this point just because he died right afterwards. He got the Oscar, but I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I think amazing. that was definitely deserved the Oscar. Yeah, it's. We don't really have to say much. I think pretty much everyone would agree, if not the best, one of them. Yeah, I mean, that scene in the hospital room with Harvey Dent, Two-Face, when he has a gun, it's, like, very famous now. I didn't even realize it for a long time that he puts that gun up to his head and tells him to choose, but he had his finger in a position where the gun would be shot anyway. Yeah. It's, like, famously called the illusion of choice or something. Yeah. It's it's crazy, man. Do you got yeah. any honorable mentions? Um, Jack Nicholson as uh, the Joker also. Yeah, yep, that's good. So it's it's, it's it's I don't really like that Batman movie very much. I mean, it's I think it's overrated too. Yeah, it's not bad, but not my favorite. Yeah, I actually like Batman Returns a lot better because I have the Penguin, Dan DeVito's Penguin, as one of my honorable nice. mentions. Arnold Schwarzenegger as Iceman. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Freeze, by the way. But, uh, yeah, Mr. Freeze, whatever. It's getting cold in here. <laughs> like, yeah, that's not a line. But he's got <laughs> these cheesy lines. Like, Good old Arnold. Yeah. Uh, I have the Red Skull from the Captain America movie. Thought he was pretty good. Uh, and, of course, Loki. I mean, every, yeah, I, I'm sure he would be on most people's list. I, I think he's a little overrated, but he's definitely yeah. he's definitely good. Yeah. All right. Uh, What else you been watching? Um. Oh, I watched uh, the Marowitz story on Netflix. I watched it. Marowitz. The Marowitz stories. Yes, is one of mine as well. I I thought it was great. What did you think? I think it's one of the best movies of the year. Yeah, I I would would have to agree. I I absolutely loved it. Everybody's individual performance in it is incredible. The storytelling is so great and believable especially like uh it, like our aunts and uncles the way they're kind of family you know what i'm saying it, yeah. it's very believable in a sense oh, absolutely yeah, yeah i don't know if you've seen any of um noah bombach's he's the director his other movies like i i'm a big fan of him as a director i've liked a lot of his movies i don't think there's any of his movies that i don't like i mean i don't love them all but i, I at least you know enjoy them all yeah. uh he made a movie called the squid and the whale which is kind of similar to the Meyerowitz stories, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I would recommend that if you like this, which you did. So, yeah, uh, definitely. yeah, I agree. This was my second favorite movie of his, and you got Dustin Hoffman, Ben Stiller, Adam Sandler, just giving like Oscar quality performances from like. Great. I mean, Dustin that's Hoffman. Adam Sandler, so good. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman, you would expect it, right? I mean, that's yeah. no brainer, but. Adam Sandler, but I mean Ben Stiller's been good in a few things too. But these guys are like, like that scene where Ben Stiller. I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything, but he's giving like a yeah. speech and he like starts to cry, but it's like so realistic. It's it's insane. Mm-hmm. Like, it's awesome. It's, it's heart wrenching in a sense. Yeah, it's actually like a touching story. I love just like the way it was set up in kind of like chapters. Uh, I just I loved everything about it. The, um, characters the story just uh i like how kind of just slow and 
And you get to know these people, like uh, Adam Sandler and his daughter. Love that relationship. <laughs> she's hilarious. She's wacky. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, and you would never expect it, that scene when they. Uh, she's like in Any film. Other scenes <laughs> yeah. <or> movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's going to film school, right? And the way that she's interacting with Adam Sandler and Dustin Hoffman in the beginning, you think she's like, you know, this <laughs> like down to earth, and I'm sure she is, but. Like this, yeah. you know, this cool chick, this cool, you know, girl to have as a daughter or whatever. I'm looking at it from that perspective for them. <laughs> get the first movie. And I'm not going to spoil it, but it's like, what the? It is outrageous. <laughs> We're all watching it together. I was laughing out loud. It was great. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I legitimately, right now, I think it's my number three or four movie of the year out of 61 movies that I've seen from 2017. Um Sure, it wasn't sixty-two. It's definitely sixty-one. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's definitely it's it's got to be one of the best movies. I the can't recommend it highly enough. Um, yeah, I mean, so on Netflix, it is a classic. I honestly think Adam Sandler would be deserving of an Oscar nomination. I don't think he's going to get it, but he can yeah. act when he wants to. Punch Drunk Love, Rain of Fire, or Rain Over Me. Like I think that would be awesome. Once every four or five years, he has a good performance. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I also I, want... I gave it, sorry, nine out of ten. I'm oh, sorry. At my yeah, I'm going to go 9.25. Yeah, I'm actually going to look it up now where exactly... I think I definitely have Dunkirk over it and another movie that I'm going to talk about soon over it i just want to see if i have anything else over it real quick i'm looking looking where's my top 10 of the year here it is uh and spider-man wait a second what do you got going on over there <laughs> it's my number three nice, nice. okay it's definitely gotta be up there anyway. i've also been watching this uh documentary on netflix series documentary series episodes uh it's called chef's table yeah i've heard of uh, this uh, as a restaurant person, as a person that loves cooking, uh, I absolutely love it. It's the way it's shot is, I, it's one of the most beautifully shot shows I've ever watched. The way they convey these incredible chefs in their restaurants. It's, it's a, each episode is a documentary about a certain chef in his restaurant, and they're all like the best restaurants in the world. Um, and the way it's shot is incredibly beautiful. There's, I mean, they'll go on location, location to the mountains and just shoot incredible B-roll. and It's just produced so well, and they convey the stories of these chefs so well, and they show you their uh, the highest-class food in the world so well. It's, everything about it is incredible. I think it's probably the best documentary series I've ever seen. Awesome. Yeah, I've heard great things about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would give it definitely a nine and a half. Awesome. Uh, it's definitely worth watching, if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, do you got anything? Yeah, I got more stuff. I got plenty of stuff. Um, <clears throat> you were supposed to go with me to see a movie. Yep. <laughs> you I have... slipped my arm. <laughs> <laughs> He's celebrating a kid's birthday party, is what I understand. Yeah. A a birthday party like it's t- 10 year old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit more than that. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I went and saw Blade Runner 2049 in theaters. Used my movie pass like a champ. Um, 
Are they paying us for these ads yet? I, I wish, man. I I'll, I will advertise for free with this. I love it so much. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, so Blade Runner 2049. The original Blade Runner, I meant to rewatch it before I went to see the sequel, but just didn't have a chance because my daughter's birthday party was this past weekend. I had to get ready for that and then actually have the damn thing. Uh, and uh, so I didn't get a chance, but it, it doesn't matter. Um, luckily, I uh, well, first, I'm in the theater before the trailers start, and I just read the Wikipedia plot synopsis for the first one just to refresh. I have seen it. Uh, I thought it was overrated. Uh, I actually, I liked it. I didn't love it. I gave it like a six and a half out of ten. Um, yeah, it had its moments, but to me, it was kind of dull and uh, boring, which is. I don't like saying, but it was, and I don't know. Um, so I was kind of skeptical going into 2049 because I didn't even love the first one, but I do love Ryan Gosling, who's the new uh, lead for this movie, and I do love the director, Denny Villeneuve, who who directed uh, Enemy, Prisoners, Arrival, Sicario, a bunch of yeah. great movies. He's like batting a thousand in my eyes. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go check this out. I like sci-fi. I like this guy. I like Ryan Gosling. Um, it's like three hours long. It's almost three hours long. It's slow. It's methodical. It's qu really quiet in a lot of places. So I'm glad I saw it in theaters because I feel like it's a movie that uh, you might be tempted to look at, get distracted by looking at your phone or something if you watch it at home, yeah. right? So, but um, yeah, I didn't know what, what I was going to expect. But uh, it's a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it looks like looks like it was shot beautifully just from the trailers. It is. I won't say the best or most beautiful movie I've ever seen, but it is up there with easily one of the best looking movies of all time. Like it is really? incredible. Roger Deakins is the cinematographer, and man, he just wow. I mean, stunning, stunning visuals. It's, How's Jared Leto? He's easily the worst part of the movie. <laughs> I can't stand that prick. Um, oh, God. But he's a villain, and he's okay. He's all right. Uh, God, I hate him. I feel like uh, you have to say it's a little biased there. I mean, I'm giving it a, a heavy 9.5 out of 10. I can, so. I can feel your hate through the headset. <laughs> yeah. But it, that's okay. I mean, he's okay. He's <laughs> Luckily, he's not in it a ton. Um, but it's close to a 10 out of 10. I legitimately think, I mean, it, it needs time to breathe and I need to probably watch it again, but I think it's, a, it's a masterpiece. I think it's in, it might be one of my favorite, it might end up in, uh, one of, as one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, it could be in my, definitely going to be in my top 100. I would expect, I, we'll see how, how high I can climb, but Ryan yeah. Gosling is amazing. Um, <laughs> I mean, no, I like legitimately in this role. He like he's great in everything, but in this role, I thought he was impeccable. Just the freaking direction, the opening scene—it just gives me chills even thinking about it. Um, Dave Bautista, who play—he's a—he's uh, a wrestler. You know who he is, right? Yeah. He's Drax in the Guardians movies. He actually gives an awesome little performance in the beginning, opening scene of the movie. Just this. I was surprised how invested in the story I was, um, me being as I didn't rewatch the first movie and, you know, I didn't even like it that much. So, I think it's great. 
whether you liked the original Blade Runner or not, give it a shot. There's even a, like a little side story about like uh, almost. Have you seen the movie Her? No. God, you're the worst. You are the worst. Walking <laughs> <laughs> Phoenix. Just, uh, Walking Phoenix. Yeah, that Walking is Phoenix. definitely one of my favorite movies of all time. What really? Yeah. Um, it kind of there's some of Blade Runner goes into that territory, like falling in love with an AI or like the idea yeah. of being with an AI. It explores some of that material in a great way. Maybe not as good as her, but in a different way. Very good. Uh, yeah, we'll have to dive into it more once once you've seen it, and maybe we'll get sure. like Dave or Joel to join in and have a big old review of it on the new format next year. But. Yeah, big old review. <laughs> but yeah, I, I freaking loved it. I loved it. Nice, Very nice. Uh, I also saw there's a nice trailer that came out uh, for it's Netflix. Uh, Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond, documentary about Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman. Yeah, I've heard some decent things about it coming out of the film festivals. Um, you see the trailer yet? I didn't see the trailer, but I know what yeah, it's about. It's hilarious. And uh, I definitely am going to check it out once it hits Netflix. Yeah, you got to check out the trailer. Really? Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's hilarious. Awesome. Gary is just, like, out of control. I do love Jim Carrey. So. Right. But, uh, I mean, it's just, it's so funny. He stays in character the whole time. It's just, yeah. it's just so hard to work with. I'm a little just, nervous. I feel like I'm going to not like Jim Carrey as much as I want to. <laughs> I feel like he's going to be trying too hard. He's going to annoy me. I don't know. Yeah. I thought, yeah. I like the movie in itself, and I thought the trailer for this documentary looked great, so definitely look forward to it. Yeah. You watch anything else? Um, I have, but it's drawn a blank here. Yeah. All right. I watched uh, another Netflix movie, The Babysitter. Yeah. Uh, it's actually pretty good. Uh, really? Yeah, it's like a generic kind of horror thriller slasher movie type thing about this kid who... He's, I want to say he's in ninth grade. He gets picked on, you know, typical stuff. Nothing, it's definitely, you know, been there, done that. But it's yeah. really well done. It's really fun. It's this kid, he's, he's in ninth grade. He gets picked on. He's, he still has a babysitter for when his parents go out. Like, that's the big thing. Oh, my God, he's still got a babysitter. But it turns out she's super hot. Like, it's just hot chick is his babysitter. <laughs> and the premise is basically, like, She's coming over to babysit him uh, one night, and his friend is like, you got to stay up. Pretend you're asleep, because uh, she probably has guys over once you're asleep. you got to see what she's doing. <laughs> Basically, that kind of thing. So he does, and it turns out she is in a satanic cult <laughs> that sacrifices like nerds for the purity of their blood. and it, You can kind of guess where it goes from there, where it's yeah. kind of just like... A, <clears throat> the like a chase or slasher movie, but it, it's a ton of fun. It's it's really fun. It's predictable. It's nothing mind blowing. It's not great, but it's I had a lot of fun with it. It's short, so it's like I think it's less than an hour and a half, so it goes by real quick. I definitely recommend it if you like that kind of stuff, horror movies yeah, or whatever. Seven and a half out of ten. Nice. nice. Also watched. Another horror-esque movie on Netflix. This isn't a Netflix exclusive, but it is on Netflix. And I would also recommend it, although it's not for the squeamish, not for the faint of heart. This is the movie called Raw. It's a um, 
it's a foreign language film, foreign language horror, psychological horror, body horror, whatever um, movie about a girl who her family are all vegetarian and she's entering her college. It's like a veterinarian school, right? Um, yeah. And she, like, uh, they have like um, hazing ritual for when she first gets there. And it's a, it's about her getting in here and at one point her sister is the older is like a sophomore I guess or a junior in this veterinarian school as well and at one point as part of this you know hazing ritual she has to eat a some kind of like liver out of a bird or some some kind of raw intestinal type thing out of an animal and she doesn't want to do it her sister is like just do it I did it she does it. She she eats it. She gets sick. She gets quote unquote food poisoning, and then all of a sudden, um, <laughs> she starts to get an un- insatiable appetite for raw meat. Oh God! And uh, at one point, her sister is helping her wax her vagina, oh, my and God. somehow her finger gets cut off in the process because she like freaks out at one point, and. She eats her sister's finger. So now she, it's basically about cannibalism. Like That's her and her sister are cannibals. And it's pretty uh, graphic and bloody and gory and gruesome. <laughs> and, uh, and it's also kind of like a, you know, it's trying to say that when you go to college, you kind of experiment. You can replace the cannibalism with just, you know, like exploring your sexuality or whatever. Yeah. So it's kind of poignant in that way. I didn't love it. Um, <laughs> it's good. It's really, it's really well made. Like it's gross. Um, but it's good. If you like horror, you should definitely check it out. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, it's seven out of 10. Um, if you're in horror, you should definitely dig it, but I'm going to have to see it just by that description. Yeah. It's, it's definitely an experience. Like it's definitely yeah. it, not the, I like the babysitter a little bit better, but it's definitely not, uh, you know, say you haven't seen this before. Let's just say, that. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> crazy. I'm also started watching the the Netflix series Mindhunter, which just started or it was just released season one last week. Have you heard of this? Uh, no, I've seen it on the Netflix thing, but I don't really know anything about it. Yeah, I'm like uh, seven and a half episodes in out of 10 it's from david fincher he uh, co-created the show or produced the show and directed a couple episodes including the first episode it's about um i can't remember the year exactly i want to say like late 60s or early 70s fbi like it's basically them uh, discovering serial killers or the term serial killers and and really like studying why serial killers are serial serial killers i guess yeah. it's like when this first started really popping up like charles manson jerry brudos you know all these guys and it's basically this fbi agent two fbi agents buddy cop kind of thing where they just go around talking to serial killers and talking to other people and trying to you know figure out the psyche of what makes them tick and at the same time when they go to these towns like they're, they'll help the cops uh, investigate murders along the way. So it's kind of procedural in a way, as well as having a 
story arc throughout the the whole season. Yeah, it's really it's really well made. It's really it's it's definitely like talky. It's not like uh, a lot of blood or action or, or anything like that. There's not a lot of like serial killing in the show. It's more like the after effects and then figuring out what's going on. Investigation. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really good. I'm enjoying it. I don't love it. I'm not like hooked. I'm going at a little bit slower pace, but I'm definitely going to finish season. I'm and it's already got picked up for season two, and I'll definitely watch it. It's really good. I don't know. This has been such a strong year for television. I don't know if it'll make my top 10, but it's probably in like the 11 to 15 range. Yeah. I'd recommend it. Um, what was I going to say? It, remind, <laughs> it reminds me of a show called Masters of Sex, which might sound weird, but Masters of Sex was a Showtime show, which reminded me of Mad Men. You like Mad Men, right? Yeah, it's basically like a madman style like visually and of the era of madman but it, it's about these doctors or these um professors who the studies human sexuality like they're just yeah. you know really diving deep into it <laughs> if you know what i mean and uh, <laughs> this kind of mindhunter kind of reminds me of masters of sex in a weird way just visually and the way uh, it's paste and everything, but instead of sex, it's serial killers. You know? So it's good. You should check it out. Yeah, I'll give it a try. And lastly, I watched the season premiere, season eight premiere of The Walking Dead on Sunday night. Um, I thought you weren't a Walking Dead guy. Well, I wasn't, and my wife, my wife, um, <laughs> binge watched all seven seasons uh, on Netflix. Over the summer, I was invested in the first four seasons. I liked the first four seasons. I didn't love, but definitely like three and four. Seasons three and four are definitely the best. And then five, six, seven, it lost me. The show lost me. I stopped watching every episode. I would just catch them here and there, and it just wasn't the same. It wasn't really doing anything for me. And then since then, I've read all, whatever, uh, I don't know, 100 and... 90 or what i don't know how many issues but i've read every single issue of the comic book and loved it it's it's amazing so it's kind of reinvested in that i know the backstory now i know kind of where they're going it's a lot of stuff different but a lot of stuff is the same and so i'm like yeah now i can actually watch the show just from the frame of mind of like what are they doing different what are they doing the same how are they going to depict you know these iconic scenes from the comics yeah, I know the last season's premiere with Negan was super big. Yeah. I don't really hear anything like that this time. But. Negan's still around. It's all out war or whatever. Um, yeah. Negan, everything is better in the comic book, but Negan especially, <laughs> and Carl. Carl is easily the worst part of the television show, and he's one of the best parts of the comic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. It just doesn't translate. Same with Negan. It's because in the comic you can get away with these corny lines because he's just... I don't, it doesn't work in practice on, on screen, or at least the way they're doing it. It's so cheesy and and dumb. But I actually yeah. thought the premiere of season eight was pretty good, actually. Um, for The Walking Dead, I thought it got off on the right foot. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Never seen that episode. No, you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying, oh, you should definitely watch uh, all 100 episodes to catch up. It was the 100th episode, the season 8 premiere. That would be a very good thing to do. Yeah. 
Watch out for bitches immediately. Of course, of course. All right, do you have anything else? Nah, uh, no, that's about all I got. Any final point? Yeah, um, I'm not going to get too, too into this. Yeah, uh, what do you got? going to keep my political views, my personal views, trying to keep this out of this, but it's current events, and speaking of uh, Stranger Things, it's coming out Friday. Uh, of course, we have the whole Harvey Weinstein controversy. Yes. You know, I've heard a lot of stories come out about that, and uh, a day or two ago, some big agent with uh, that kid's agent, from my, the kid that was in oh, it. Yes. Huh? Yeah, I vaguely heard about this. His, his agent... Uh, basically got accused of sexual harassment, got fired from his agency. That kid left the agency. Um, but it just seems like uh past week or two, we've had a lot of this, uh, sexual harassment cases in Hollywood with these agents and things like that. So. Yeah, and even in like the smaller scale of movie bloggers or movie critics, um, there's been like... Uh, Devin Faraci, everything with him. Um, the guy from Ain't It Cool News was accused. The guy from Screen Junkies. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. Like, crazy. And I think, obviously, it's a terrible thing that yeah, is going absolutely. on. And I do believe most of the time, who like, all right, someone is accused. I understand. Like, you got to go through due process. <laughs> but really, I'm going yeah. to tend to believe the woman because now I mean and there's another side of that coin like I said I'm going to keep my views out of the same but there is proven cases of people being accused especially falsely. when you get famous and big and money fair that's fair okay you know there is that side of the coin however I know that's such a small that, percentage that's though. the reason why a lot of rape doesn't come out right because that uh, fear of that I believe I there are studies that like the percentage of false claims is like so minuscule compared to the yeah, for sure. And uh, but yeah, I mean, of course, I'll believe the woman if and if it comes out that she was lying, which is usually not the case. Then yeah. you could change your mind, but you're gonna believe them because Keep processing evidence. And it's so it's so so much of it. It's crazy. I it can't believe. And I it's like look at Cosby. Look at all the stuff. Sucks to even think about. Man. Yeah. It's um, I must have had my head in the sand because I've never even. It's it's almost like with fighters and popping for steroids. It's like not the same. <laughs> not the same. Yeah. I, okay. But you know with the, your feeling about being a fan of theirs and then yeah, God. You're dirty all of a sudden. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like yeah. it's almost a point where you can't be surprised no matter who it is. But yeah, I don't know what. I guess it's power. Does I don't know. I'd like to think that I would never do I don't know. Yeah, like I don't that. know the rhyme or reason justification for it. I have no idea. But what was I, I going to say? I do know it's wrong, and I hope oh, of course. it doesn't happen anymore. And anybody that has happened to I hope uh, speak you know, up. justice or yeah, speak you know, Yeah, I, I was going to say it's a terrible thing that has hap- is happening, of course, but it's almost good in a way that the more it comes up, the more women feel comfortable bringing it to light and if these things are happening these people should be punished whether it's Absolutely. with jail time or at the very least with their uh just let it be known you know and it sucks how like especially with cases like this with hollywood people harvey weinstein for example he uh basically just had leverage on these women like, yeah he would God. make their career you know I mean, what are you gonna do Crazy. come out against 
I mean, I, t- I saw a video of uh, it's freaking Kirk Cobain's wife. It was in Courtney Love. Yeah. Like 2005. Or around that time. Somebody in, in, on a red carpet asked her, do you have any advice for women coming up in Hollywood? And she was like, I can't say it. I'll be liable. And she just blurted out. If Harvey Weinstein invites you to a private party at the five seasons, don't go. <laughs> that was her exact words. So it's, it's been known for a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's depressing, you know. To leverage it's, the women's well-being when they have talent to do it. When he's so fucking rich and yeah. famous, he can get sex whenever he wants, like, like without doing that bullshit. You yeah. know, it's yeah. higher prostitute. A, a high class hooker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god! Not to mention he's married, all. but yeah. Yeah, thanks for that on the <laughs> end this one down there. No, no, it's important to talk about because, yeah, so I'm definitely in support of, yeah, I'm in support of the, the victims, you know, it's terrible. So, all right, mine's a little more lighthearted. <laughs> uh, I just want to know if you had the money and skills to do it. To direct a movie, what kind of movie would you make? Oh, coming of age, for yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. They're my favorite. I feel like I could tell a good story in that uh, frame. Like so, what? From like uh, personal experience, what kind? What yeah, kind of yeah, feel are you yeah. going for? Like what Somehow, kind of director are you going to be? I don't know. Just uh, I'd probably I would like to get like a kid. Uh, you know how like these those kind of movies have a kid. It's not very well known. It's like it's a breakout performance. Mm-hmm. I would like that kind of thing. Um, who knows? Maybe try to pull like a Days Confused where you just have all these mega future stars, um, you know, make their first real nice uh, performance. But uh, it'd definitely be like a coming of age from personal experience. And uh, I think probably a mix of what has actually happened to me and what I wish would have happened to me in that type of sense. And, yeah. You gotta put personal experience into it for sure. Yeah, I'm kind of similar. I was I was actually thinking about uh, about this a little bit, and I I would be more like I like um, the small scale dramas that yeah. like it's not like vital to the world, but the movie makes it very seem seems very important. Like it's small stakes overall. Yeah. In a, in but a it's sense, relatable but, also. But it's built up in a way that you're on the edge of your seat. And, yeah. But basically a drama, like I'm thinking, what if, and again, personal experience, you take uh, this guy, as he he's just getting up, he's getting ready for work. You're like you're following him right from the opening frames. It's him in the, this morning. And that, this movie will take place just over the course of one day. He's getting ready for work. He's getting his kids ready for school. You get You follow him. He gets to work at the post office. You know, he's like <laughs> intermingling with his coworkers, basically, you know, just showing, building these characters up, showing, you know, their interactions, their relationships. And then there's some incident. Like, I don't know what the incident would be. Like, if it's a, a one of these mass shooters at, at the post office or if it's out yeah. on the route. Or, it doesn't have to be post office, but it's centered around mm-hmm. this one incident after you've already built up these relationships and these these characters, so then you're invested in their well-being and 
you know, seeing how it plays out. And at the end of the day, the guy goes back home to his kids. It's emotional reunion, blah, blah, blah. It's pretty cool. Something like that. Yeah. Sounds like a good idea to me for sure. I like those type of movies too where it's, uh, like you said, it just plays out every day and it's real and it's, it's, I don't know, it's just... And again, you know I, mean? uh, I said small stakes in a mass shooter is clearly not small stakes, but I just like, <laughs> I like those kinds of movies, like yeah, yeah. where you know it could be as simple as like a guy lost his dog and he's got to try to find it, get it back, you know. But it seems like the end of the world, like you're on edge of your seat. But yeah, all right, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. You remember phone booth with Colin Farrell? What is it? Phone booth, I think. It was oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, that was a fun little movie. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, we'll be back on the next episode to talk video games. If you're into it, a lot of fun yeah. stuff. We already recorded it. I thought it was actually a pretty cool episode, so check it out. And, uh, again, give us feedback on our upcoming plan changes and and what you think, whatnot. And stay tuned. We're going to keep on keeping on. You can always email yeah. us. If you want to send us any uh, feedback, you can do it at theredboxreport at yahoo.com or on Twitter at theredboxreport. I'm on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at Brooks Phelan. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes. And as always, we'll see you later. See you.